Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulted Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulted Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Today's guest is near and dear to my heart. Um, I was first introduced to Jennifer Wright nearly 10 years ago, um, and my journey of getting healthy at that time, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but here's the deal, Catapult Commissions family. If you're a high performer in business, if you're a small business owner who is excelling, you're going to want to listen to today's episode because this is the first episode that we're going to break in how to maximize performance by not doing the stuff we always talk about, the sales. It's the stuff that takes place outside of your business, outside of your sales process. And you're going to learn a lot about that from my guest today. Jennifer Wright is the founder of Immersion CrossFit, a CrossFit gym here in Bakersfield, California, where you and I are both from. Uh, 10 years? 10 years officially, yes. 10 years? 12 unofficially. Well, let's just, let's talk about that. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you. All right. So you are the founder of Immersion CrossFit. It used to be known as CrossFit Crazy House many, many times ago. So Let's just say 10 years officially, 12 years. Tell us about those early days starting a CrossFit gym. And fun fact, Catapult Commission's family, she is the longest running gym in Bakersfield. And I would just say in Kern County. Yeah, I, I mean, that I know that, of. Yeah, yeah wherever. I mean, that's it's, Bakersfield is the ninth largest city in California. Kern County is an incredibly large place. So there's not a small feat to be in business this long. Majority of business owners don't even survive the past their first five years. Yeah. So you go 10 years officially, there's two years unofficially. Tell us about your early days in starting the gym. What did that look like? Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> so I actually got my foot in the door um, at Globo Gym. <laughs> we call Globo Gyms. <laughs> um, I've watched Dodgeball, you know what we're talking about. But um, yeah, so I got my foot in the door as a personal trainer. I was, it was on the heels of that, you know, 2008 market crash. Mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in the real estate industry and... Um, there, you know, like we've talked about all the layers that kind of went into this. So it wasn't definitely, definitely wasn't linear. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. Um, but just to kind of fast forward, I was already a personal trainer and was looking to branch out into something that I felt was more organic. Um, didn't really understand why everything had to be so scripted in fitness, why it had to be, you know, if you want hypertrophy, this is what you do. And so I wanted more than, I didn't want to just be put in a bubble as a person. Um, and I, I, there was a lot going on at home. I had children and one of my kids was playing sports. He had Osgood slaughters, which is, um, if you're not familiar, a condition that happens when kids grow too fast mm-hmm. and, um, creates a lot of joint pain. So I wanted to help him. And as a personal trainer, I didn't know how to help him. And I felt really silly for not knowing how to help my own son. And, um, I started looking up, you know, lifting programs, prehab, rehab, that kind of stuff and happened upon an article written by the co-founder of CrossFit at the time titled what is fitness. And that article really spoke to me. And so I pursued CrossFit as a result. Um, and at the time I had a small little boot camp going on in my backyard, uh, quickly and overnight converted that to CrossFit and freaked everybody out because I was all in like the minute I went and got my level one in CrossFit, I was, I was sold. 
and uh, freaked everybody out in my boot camp. Most of them stayed, thank God. Um, and we started in my backyard and we grew very, 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 very slowly. Um, it wasn't like this kind of fast, you know, mm-hmm. upward, you know, journey. It was definitely, you know, up and down, back and forth, you know, backpedaling at times. Um, but fast forward to now, we've, we're in our third location over the years. We've been here for eight years, maybe nine now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're pretty settled where we are. And, um, that's kind of how it all started. Uh, and definitely like when I said organic, it was mostly like friends and family. Yeah. People that were willing to support me and all my mistakes. <laughs> well, you know, what's cool about that is majority of small businesses that excel in their business, it's that internal community, right? Your, your source of influence, your mm-hmm. friends, your family, the people that know what you're doing. We talk about what you're doing that are going to support you. So it, your launch, your start, essentially the same thing. I'm intrigued on hearing how did it go from backyard to first location? You've said a couple of times this wasn't linear. So there's there's a lot of turns. Let's call them setbacks, maybe some adversity faced. So what is the like, yeah, I guess let's talk about the early stages. What was the deciding factor to say, hey, I'm going to take this out from my backyard and make this a full time business? because. Let's just let's just change the gym for what is taking place right now with small business owners all around the world. My side hustle to my main hustle. Yeah. What was it for you? How did that come to life? You know, you know, I honestly that never that that conversation on with myself didn't happen until five, six years into it. Oh, wow. Um, if I'm going to be being honest, yeah, please. it actually happened. Um, the way that we went from my backyard to a building yeah. was. Um, you know, I really got lucky. I really got blessed. I mean, there's, there's a lot of it that, you know, over the years, it has been a lot more than that. But in the early years there, there was, I can't lie and say there wasn't some luck involved. Um, luckily I had in-laws, um, that donated us a warehouse, um, to help us get our footing in the beginning. Luckily I had a mother who was able to help me, um, with just a little bit of money to get a few things early on. And then I was lucky enough to attract the right people um, that wanted to see what I was building continue to grow. And those were our members at the time they contributed. We held fundraisers. Um, they did a lot of stuff to help us get our footing. And I'm definitely grateful for those early years because without those people in the the right people in the right places, um, and the right support system, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have what we have now. You know, it's, it's, it's exciting to know that you had people and adapt and, and you sound incredibly grateful, which I think is one of the, the traits I love about you. Like we, we all need a hand. So like whatever that hand is, the support system we have, whether it's financial, motivational, just encouragement, whatever it is, we all need that. 1000%. 1000%. So you, you're not an anomaly for saying that. It's just, Hey, this is, you're incredibly grateful for it. Now you had early adopters. You had people who bought into your vision and said, I'm going to support, this gym or this CrossFit box or or this venture, whatever you want to call it, people who support you. Here's the kicker for me, Jen. Majority of small businesses failed in the first five years, Mm -hmm. like 80% fail in the first five years of those 80% that fail. It's like 89 or 90% cite a lack of revenue for failing. The, the venture or path to open a small business, it's easier than it's ever been before to keep it open for five years is harder than it's ever been before. You're going on almost a decade. Yeah. You've outlasted every competitive CrossFit gym in your community. What's your secret to success there? Humility. All right, let's talk about it. <laughs> Humility. Um, 
about, I don't know, six years in, um, I noticed all the gyms that I had modeled my gym after were starting to fill, um, too specifically. And so I was like, crap, like we're next because I had the same business model they had. I didn't have a model. The model was your model. <laughs> um, and so I then reached out for help. I, um, I started going to even, I was already going to a bunch of seminars and courses, trying to learn as much as I could, um, wanting to be as knowledgeable as I could. And I went to one and I literally showed up by accident a day early and in tears. I, I literally walked in, saw that nobody was there and I broke down crying. And the gym was almost empty. <clears throat> the owner was there and he saw my emotional state mm -hmm. and pulled me into his office and was like, hey, what's up? Like you're a day early. You seem absolutely devastated. What's going on? And I was like, my gym's going to close. And this is my last ditch effort to try to figure out what I'm doing wrong. And he's like, you know, have you heard of this mentorship program? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, I highly recommend you listen to their podcast, you know, go to their website, read their articles. They have a ton of like free stuff on there to help you. He was like, they saved me. He said, I, I completely have hundred percent faith in these guys and I, I think they can help you too. And, um, I did, I listened to a couple of podcasts, reached out or, um, listened to, or, or went to the website. And then I finally reached out to, um, the owner and he talked to me about mentorship, which I could not afford. Mm -hmm. Um, I had X amount of dollars in my account mm -hmm. and he wanted X plus. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I will give you everything I have because, and the talk that he had with me was, you know, how much longer does your business have? And I said, we're lucky to have six weeks. And oh, wow. he said, well, you have to raise your rates. And I said, I can't, I can't raise my rates. I can't do that to these people. I love them. They're, they're friends and their family. And he said, look, he said, if you want your friends and family to continue to have a place to go, then you need to give them the option. And you raise your rates. And if they don't, if they don't want to support that, then that's fine. You're going to close anyway. <laughs> you have nothing to lose. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's see. And so, um, that was really the first step that I took. And we also, he also helped us run a, a couple challenges that brought in revenue. Um, but yeah, that was the approach that I took. And that's, that really was the, the turning point for our gym and, um, what allowed me to be able to see a future for the gym. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that story. I think there's so much to unpack in that story. First things first, mm -hmm. humility, love it. I think I think we need more of it just as society as a whole. Social media makes us feel like, oh, you're you're instant in, success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're Instagram famous, but financially poor. Like I just I'm not. I love I love it's a love hate relationship. With social right. media. I've talked about it before. Can't catapult admissions family, but you mentioned humility in the terms of saying I need help now. Six weeks ago. If I was in your corner and I was like your consultant or your coach, I'd be like, hey, we probably should have got help a little earlier. <laughs> yeah. But the takeaway here is you said, hey, I need help mm -hmm. and I'm going to go get help. Yep. There is nothing like catapulting business family. I want you to hear this right now. There's nothing wrong with saying I need a coach, a mentor, someone else who's paved it. Right. You're just we're shortening the learning curve. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in doing that, if you can go back to yourself at that point in time and and. I literally, the, we just had a guest earlier today. You know, somebody gets emotional or nervous or cries, it means they care. So I picture you being there a day before because you care. Because I know you, you genuinely care about the family you've developed there. So like that, that's encouraging. That's exciting. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it makes me excited that I work out in your gym, right? And I don't know if you guys picked up on that catapult your family. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, is, Jen is my CrossFit coach. So I, I work out at Immersion CrossFit. But 
What would you go back and tell yourself at that point in time? You, the business owner, right? Right. Let's, let's take the six. You went six weeks before. Let's go six months before that breaking point. Let's go a year before that breaking point. If you could do something differently or go back and talk to yourself, what would that conversation look like? I would have gotten a mentor from the very beginning. Um, I would have gotten help from the very beginning. I wouldn't have, but you know, I, I say that and, and we're kind of, and mm. we're assuming that I planned on having a gym mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> as it was really my side hustle that grew, you know, yeah. you kind of mentioned that. Um, but had I known that I was going to have a business, mm-hmm. um, and knowing what I know now, and if that was my goal and my dream at the time, I would have gotten help right away. It, it and it's, and we've talked about this before, um, that, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what venture you head out on in life, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make wrong turns. If you have somebody that's already walked that walk and they can help you and show you and guide you and teach you about their mistakes early on, I would have done that from the very beginning. Mm, I wouldn't have made all those U-turns and, you know, on my own. Well, it's, you know, the coaching industry, I use the phrase when I tell somebody a coach, I, I truly believe it in like high regard. I don't know if you realize when I text you every now and then, I use the phrase coach because to me, mm-hmm. coach is something that I, it's like a sign of respect for me. The equivalent to sir, ma'am, coach falls in that category. It could be from the background. It could be from being raised and being competitive in, in athletics. But at the end of the day, a coach really changes your life. Mm-hmm. A coach will also change your business. Just point blank, a good coach. And I'm not going to break down what makes a good and bad coach or getting mentorship, but really having somebody in your corner, helping you uh, excel in that. Now, you also said that um, transition side hustle to full hustle. You said mentioned about going into a state of, of humility and looking back and saying, okay, I, I'm, I need help. You said that your original advice was to raise your rates. Mm-hmm. There are service-based professionals who are listening to this right now that they themselves are struggling with that concept. Like, I can't raise my rates. Mm-hmm. And the advice you got was really good. I want to share a really quick story. On the other side of this thing, I just had a conversation with a client of mine and we had conversations about, hey, we have to ensure that we're not leveraging the company. And the opposite is we may have to terminate people to keep the company weathering whatever the situation is. So there are consequences to us not raising our prices. And if we're not raising our prices as fast as. Let's just say, like, I hate using the I word, but as fast as inflation is going, I mean, we, we find ourselves in a tough spot. How did that feel coming in and communicating to raising your rates? And how many people did you lose? Oh, it felt horrible. <clears throat> it felt horrible. I felt like I was betraying people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the benefit, really, what we did, and I hate to say this, is we lost the low hanging fruit. We, we lost the people that, didn't value that weren't our people. They didn't value our services, which is, we don't, we don't, you know, as a business owner, not all. And I think, especially when you're starting out, you just want business. Mm -hmm. You just want people in your door. Um, but you also want the right people. You want people that are going to be the right fit for your personality, for your vision, the people that are going to support your vision. And and in our case, support other people that are, that are in that place. Right. So it's really important, especially in my field where, you know, we're a service-based business to have the right, not just the right staff, but the right people there engaging in membership at your gym, because those are the people that are going to support other people and lift each other up. And that's really kind of what, what, what the foundation of our, our membership is, right. Is people 
lifting each other up and breathing life into them and breathing confidence into them. And and, and we didn't lose those people. We didn't lose the people that do that. Mm -hmm. We lost the people that were just in it for themselves, Mm -hmm. you know, really. And so, or the people that, you know, just didn't want to pay for anything. And, and, and I get that, you know, sometimes you just can't afford it and that that's, yeah, that's its own thing. But um, for the most part, it really increased the value of our services because it increased the quality of the membership that we had. And, um, yeah, I, I really am I'm thankful for that advice because it, it made a big difference, in, not just in the short term, but in the long term. Well, it's it's great advice. And there's someone listening right now that's contemplating raising their price or raising their fees. I'm not going to sit here and blink and say, hey, guys, raise your fees. But at the same time, not everyone's destined to be your customer. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is the right customer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I've talked to my wife and about in her her own business and her eyelashes. Hey, not everyone's the best client for you. It's OK to say, hey. I'm going to refer you to someone else because you're not the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And me as a consumer, if someone referred me out because I wasn't the right fit, I, you know, I kind of respect it. And not everybody thinks that way. Some people are like, oh, I don't understand it. Um, but at the end of the day, you made the decision best for the company. And that's when we excel and we talk about catapulting commissions as the small business owner or founder led sales teams that I speak with. Uh, the first thing I say is, hey, there's you, then there's the company. And I want you to realize the company is the entity like it's it is it is what we have to protect because if the company's not strong no matter how much you love you or your staff right and and i look at it even myself i mean i have a team of three assistants i'm always like i i love my assistants i want to be able to pay them on and ensure i could process payroll yep. but if i can't make the company catapulted commissions go i can't do that so i have to make some difficult decisions if you just take a layer off of that and say well if i can't make the company go then i can't pay my mortgage can't feed my kids Everybody suffers. Everyone hurts. So yeah. that's my that's my that's my little spill on make sure that you're looking at your business from from that perspective. Well, yeah, and and what, you know, there's there's two things there that my my mentor told me. Hopefully, I can remember them both. But one was um, your business exists to serve you, you know, not the other way around. So if you're sacrificing your family, your vehicle, your home you know, to run a business to serve others, then your priorities, you know, need to be adjusted because that's not what it's there for, first of all. Um, and I did forget the second thing I was going to say, but I will come back around to that. I'm sure it's going to be. No worries. <laughs> it'll be hanging around there somewhere. But, oh, that's what it was. Um, one of the first things my mentor said to me early on also was my job, I had one job and my job is to protect the queen. And it it was a tough, it's a still a tough pill to swallow because it's like you said, you have to make that tough decisions. You have to make the decisions in, that you, Anthony, as a person doesn't want to make, but Correct. Anthony owner, mm-hmm. you have, a, you have, you're, you have one job. And so my job is to protect the queen. And as long, and that, that has stayed with me ever since he said that. And whenever I'm faced with a tough decision, it's like, okay, what is the priority? Is it this, you know, you know, $5 hike or is it let's protect the queen? Yeah. And you know, I, I have to do that no matter at all costs, really. I love it. And here's the thing. Let's just, let's just change the words there. If you had to make that decision to protect your kids, would you have thought twice about it? Never. Yeah. Same concept, right? So I I love that. Now, now one of the unique things about your experience with CrossFit and let's, let's talk about this here. There's a component that sales professionals and small business owners I don't know how to, I don't know if there's a direct correlation. Maybe you could speak to this, but people who are high performing in business, I'm not going to say always, but I'm going to say 95% of the time, they're usually fairly healthy in their personal life in some shape, form, meaning fitness, they eat healthy. 
people have different variations of like what is what is physically fit. Some want to be the super buff person. Some want to be the lean person. Like, is there a correlation in your experience from the, the members and people you've trained who are incredibly focused and committed to getting healthy? And how does that spill over to other areas of their life, business, family, et cetera? Yeah, I think it's balance, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I, and and I do like. I think for me, also, like when when we talk about high performers, that was always a lot of pressure for me to just you know to even try to be a high performer because it, in my mind it meant perfection, right? Mm-hmm. But really, it's balance. And yes, um, health, you know, mental health is huge. Like if you if you're not mentally balanced and you can't handle you know, the, the tough decisions that you have to make, if you can't roll with the punches, then yeah, you're going to struggle. And the way everybody needs an outlet, um, and fitness exercise is, is a huge part of that, uh, for any higher performer, if you, if you're not, and you, and it gets your day started off, you're, you're thinking straight. And typically if you're working out, you're going to want to support, you know, what mm-hmm. you're doing and you're going to start eating right food and Brain activity have a direct correlation. Physical activity and brain activity have a direct correlation. So all of all of it's, you know, kind of it all comes around together. It's all full circle. And so, you know, if anything in your life is out of balance, it's going to it's going to spill over into other areas. So I think, you know, for high performers, balance is huge. And you you have to have you know, you have to have your. Your physical activity, you have to work on your diet, you have to. Make sure that you have, that you're having fun, that you're still enjoying life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have, you know, a little piece of it. Your faith has to be intact. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a relationship with your family. If any of those things start suffering, it's going to spill over into your business. I agree. You know, I, I I've shared with you and, and I'll share with the capital family. There's times where now, if I don't work out, I get like, and it impacts me. Home, moody, cranky, just various different things. But, you know, I, in my final year in corporate America, before I took catapult commissions as a full-time venture, I'm 150 nights in a Marriott. Didn't work out. I, I got promoted to this role that I was like, oh my goodness, I worked so hard to get this executive level promotion, all the titles, all that fun stuff. And in the six years I had that role, which is probably the six years that I stopped working out with you because I did take a break. I got gained 70 pounds and pre-diabetic. I mean, there was just so many things that impacted me because I had put this desire to make money or what I thought was the main priority. And I made my health secondary. And you're saying, Hey, everything goes hand in hand and balance. How? Let's just say you were talking, let's, let's, let's fast forward. Let's use me as an example. Two years ago, how does somebody like me, who I, for the most part in business, I was a fairly high performer. How does somebody like that find that balance? Well, I mean, we've already talked about coaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's one, yeah. um, getting help mm-hmm. if you don't know how to find that balance. But I can just tell you my experience, like what I do. Yeah. You know? um, so consistent. Like it, and I think a lot of it's about perspective too. I mean, okay. Because people, I, I, when I, t- I talk to a lot of people who are thinking about getting healthy and thinking about getting yeah. fit and it's never made sense to me because I'm like, it's an hour, it's an hour, it's 24 hours in a day. It's one hour. And in some cases you can make it 30 minutes. You can mm-hmm. make it 20 minutes. I mean, when I, before I had a gym, I would swim in my pool for 20 minutes. Um, and that's how I started my day, you know, every day. So it's not, it's, it's just really just, if you can just commit 20 minutes to physical activity, if you can commit to 
Um, if you don't know how to eat well, there's so many different resources out there. We have a phenomenal nutrition program. Um, and it's just, I mean, and I hate to say that it's easy because I know it's not for everybody, but it can be, it can be really simple. Food should not be complicated. It's food. It's, mm. it's, it's, you know, we're born needing it. So obviously it should, should not be as complicated as a lot of people think it is. Um, faith, I journal every morning. I have a journal that I read and write in and, um, try to get my mind centered for, you know, how I'm going to approach my day. Um, I value my relationships with people, with my family. Um, I take time with my husband. I make sure I go to sleep the same time every single night. So I'm a very consistent and regimented person, not saying I'm perfect, but I do have some things that I just would not compromise on because I know the effects um, of, of what would happen if I do compromise. So um, it's really just, I would say it's more of a practice than anything. Let's talk about that. It's a practice is how you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Someone's listening right now saying, that's cool. Jen, I get it, but I can't go to the gym five days, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. I can go one day a week. Is that a start? Mm-hmm. I would say, call me. Okay. <laughs> um, or, um, tw- like I said, 20 minutes. Like, maybe not go to the gym. Do a body workout, home okay. workout. There's apps that yeah. you can subscribe to yeah. with, with no equipment, body weight apps, you know, 20 minutes a day, three days a week. So you're saying just do something daily. Something. Yeah. I mean, that's really going to, that's, that's where it starts. And however you start, I mean, maybe for me, I'm, I'm at the gym at four 30 in the morning. So starting my day in my journal with my journal would be a little excessive since I'm already getting up at yeah. you know, three 15. But, um, as soon as I do get home and have breakfast and I have, you know, drop the kids off, that's my quiet time. That's what I do before I start the rest of my day. So yeah, it, it, you know, we all have the same amount of hours and what you do with them is going to determine the rest of your life. And if you're highly successful and making great money, that's fantastic. But if your health is suffering and if your mental health is suffering, it's, it's going to be very short lived. So if you want a sustainable product that's going to um, hopefully last a lifetime for yeah. you and your family, then, yeah, you have to prioritize yourself. Well, that where there speaks volumes. To me specifically, right? I think I, think I shared with you, I, I came, what scared the crap out of me was I thought I was physically fit or physically healthy, went for a physical and they're like, hey man, you're pre-diabetic. And I was like, what do you mean I'm pre-diabetic, dude? I'm 37 years old. How am I pre-diabetic? And, you know, I got on the scale as the heaviest it's ever said in my entire life. And I was dealing with stress at an all-time high from a corporate job that that really didn't value or appreciate me. And, and, and at the time I'd already started building catapulting commissions. So I think they're created some animosity. Um, and yeah, it was just like, okay, I have to make a decision, whatever the decision is. I have to, I have to find a way to move. I have to find what works best for me. And I tried numerous ways of getting healthy. The only thing that worked best for me was really like, was, I hate saying it, but coming back to my coach, which is you. So like when it came time for me to come back to CrossFit, like I had a conversation with my wife. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere else. Like I'm, I'm going there because it's, it's, it's home for me. Like I feel comfortable there. I know, I know what I'm getting. I know I get supported. Um, and I know there's a system of accountability that takes place and, and catapult. I'm not perfect. I, I don't, I do not work out seven days a week. I'm, I probably average four to five and I eat healthier five to six, sometimes seven days a week based off what I've learned Mm -hmm. from you and your systems. And I'm not perfect, but man, 
so much has changed in my life. And I love that you said healthier because I think a lot of people think they have to go from zero to 60. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what journey have you ever taken in your life that is, you know, linear? None. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Like people ask me all the time, how long did it take you to get fit? And I'm like, 42 years. <laughs> like, <really>? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm still working on it. You know, yeah. it's a journey. It's, it's a process. And I also love how you said, um, I thought I was healthy. And I think a lot of people confuse youth with health. Ooh. You know, it's just like the same thing for them. And it's like, yeah, you're young. And so maybe it hasn't caught up yet, but that doesn't mean you're healthy. And, and typically we don't feel unhealthy until we start getting older. And then we feel the weight of the, or the consequences of the decisions that we've made prior to that. But if you start now, wherever you are, the future is bright. But if you just keep waiting to take care of yourself, then it's, it, it, it is inevitable. It will catch up with you. Yeah. It, it, it's not going to go away. Like no, you, no. Like it just, you can't think your way to health. Like you can't just lay in bed and be like, Oh, I'm going to get there. Like you actually have to take some active step. Yeah. You know, it's, um, I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. So the last year that I worked out with you on a consistent full, uh, full venture basis, it was my most successful income year of my life. Really? Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think it was the most successful income year of my life. Did not share that with you. I did not. I was the most physically fit. And, you know, I was like, oh, awesome, excited. And not long after that, I got promotions and I got all of this. And, and I made very good money. So it fooled me to thinking, oh, I don't have to focus on my health. Like, oh, it, it became secondary, became secondary, became secondary. And it's, it's, it's funny, right? So I wrote about it in Catapult Commission. Like this is, this is my most successful year. And I, I shared the whole story. That's how Catapult Commissions came to life as I shared that story. And the one thing that I never shared, and I added it to the very end in the last chapter was you have to be able to take care of yourself. But even when I wrote Catapult Commissions, I felt like I was that chapter. I felt like I lied to myself. I was like, yeah, I know what to do, but I just wasn't doing it. Like, do you ever not want to work out? Every day. Yeah, no, sleeping in is fantastic. I love sleep. Um, Do you ever want to eat junk food? Yeah, yes, of course. I mean, that's the thing. And it's like I said, it's balance. Like, do I eat junk food? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, there's, and I'll say this, there are certain things, certain rules that I've learned to live by, right? Like um, when I talk about the journey not being linear, um, when I was, I don't know, 20, Mm -hmm. I quit drinking soda. I was putting on a lot of weight. I was young and I was like, okay, I didn't know anything about food or nutrition at the time, but I knew I was drinking a lot of soda and I knew soda wasn't good for you. So I quit drinking soda. That was like the first thing that I did. Um, I was in the army at that time and I just gave that up. Uh, 23, I gave up fast food. I had a friend who, and it wasn't for health reasons. I had a friend that worked at fast food restaurant and he was like, you should never eat fast food anywhere. It's so disgusting. He started (laughs) telling me stories and I was like, okay, I will never do that again. Don't worry. That made it really easy. Um, and so those were kind of the first two pivotal, pivotal steps. Um, then my son was diagnosed with ADD and, um, well, actually ADHD and his teacher and the school wanted me to medicate him and I refused. And so I started looking into alternatives for treating my son with ADHD and it was, you know, just the obvious, you know, no sugar, stay away from processed foods, uh, red red number 40 that's in a lot of candies, mm-hmm. um, was known to be a contributor at the time. 
And this is, he was eight years old. He's 24 now. So this is, this was this, that point he was in the third grade and that, that was really pivotal. And that's when I really started learning about how food affects your mental health. And that was a game changer for me. Um, And so that was kind of the beginning of my journey. Well, actually it even goes back before that, but really the beginning of my conscious journey towards health and fitness and, um, and my passion for it. And then it just, you know, slowly kind of grew from there and, and became what it is now. But yeah, I mean, there, the, the connection between, you know, mind and body and, you know, again, balance, you have to, you can't not take care of yourself and, and be a, you know, a high performer. Yeah. I think it contradicts itself. Like there, there's no way you're a high performer if you're not taking care of yourself first. No. Or if you can be, but it'll be short, very short. <laughs> yeah. It, I, it's, it's short. You, there, there's some, there's some fizzle. I mean, I, I, I look at the times where I, I, I think I actually ran into you one time when I wasn't working. I was like, Oh, my plans to come v- v- uh, visit you. I think we ran into, I ran into, I don't like remember Costco or something, right? Somewhere like that. And I said, Hey, yeah, I'm going to come visit you. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to, I want it to. And you probably saw the balance in my cart, right? Did you see the muff, the blueberry muffins from Costco in my cart? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe I did. Yeah. Oh, I just felt like such a schmuck. And here's a kicker, right? So I'm like, okay, it's, it was, it was, it was God's way of like, Hey, Anthony, you need to take focus on your health. So I ran into you a couple weeks later. I'm in the emergency room. Because of I'm having so much stress and anxiety that I thought my heart was in like pop out of my system. I was freaking out and I was like, like, this is I'm too young to be experiencing like what in the world is going on? But my diet was crap. I wasn't physically working out. My sleep patterns were horrible. I was on the road all the time. I I could tell you all great places to get bad food all around the country because that's how much I was traveling. So I want to, I want to pivot and let's talk about this food and mental health. Mm-hmm. So everyone hears it. Like, they're like, Oh, I get it. Mental health, right. And the, the country itself, everyone's looking at, there's a focus on mental health and I agree it's important, but not a lot of people are saying, Hey, there's a direct correlation from the food you eat to the mental health. Impact. Direct correlation. And it, it does drive me crazy. Because, Talk to me about it. Yeah. yeah um, well, we all know sugar, right? Like they, yeah. they've measured, you know, we've, we've, this has been on like 2020 and all kinds. Yeah. I mean, you can see brain activity when, when you ingest sugar and mm. what happens to your brain, it literally rewires your brain. Your your it's dopamine, you know? And mm. so it's your, your food and your choices can essentially contribute to you spiraling downhill or mm. in the opposite direction or stabilizing you. Um, we know how blood sugar affects you physically, but if you, look around and you look at people who are typically, I'm, I'm not saying, I don't want to generalize this, yeah. but people who typically are currently suffering from mental illness or depression. I've personally been there. Um, when we are, you know, when we are drinking more water, less alcohol, less sugar, more, um, you know, fruits and vegetables, getting all our protein. And when we're taking care of our bodies, our body and our brain are not this kind of separate entity that work independently of one another. Our brain is part of our body. Our brain is 80% water. So even just dehydration, even if you're slightly dehydrated and I'm, I'm talking about, I forget what the exact, I don't want to misspeak, but I think it's like 10% less water than what your brain is or than what you're supposed to take. Something like that. Mm. I, I don't, don't yeah. look it up on your own. All right. Um, but it, it, it changes, it, it changes the way you move. It changes the way 
they measured it in athletes, it changes the way they actually perform. Just a slight discrepancy in water. And so imagine what that could do to how you think, how you process information, how you process emergency situations. I mean, it, it changes everything. So you, you've got to, you know, you, you got to start thinking about your brain and your body as, as one and not two separate entities. You have to take care of your brain. You have to take care of your body. And, and one does not beget the other. You have to do both. Okay. So I, so sugar mm-hmm. is one source. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to speak for you. Is it ban all sugar, monetize or control the amount of sugar? Like where, where's that fine balance at? Yeah. I mean, I don't typically eat sugar. Okay. Um, it's just not something that I would normally do. However, you're talking I- about added sugar though. Not like a natural sugar, like a strawberry. Yeah, no. So na- the difference between added sugars and natural sugars is your body can process natural sugars. Okay. So it can it can use them for energy. So a natural sugar, a grape, a strawberry, honey, mm-hmm. um, your body will convert that and it'll use it for energy, which is, is the, in- the purpose of, of sugar. Um, processed refined foods are sands and nutrients. There's nothing in there that can benefit you. Um, and so typically all of the effects of sugar are negative. And I'm, I'm being very, very watered down and basic here, but just to make it very easy to understand. Um, yeah, sugar, refined sugar is going to have, you know, obviously some negative effects. Oh, that, that being said, and I've talked about balance earlier. Yeah. If my husband and I go to dinner and you know, there's cheesecake, I, I will totally eat a cheesecake, you know, but we don't go to dinner every night and I'm not going to eat cheesecake every night. Mm-hmm. So balance and moderation are everything. I, I, I remember working with one woman on her nutrition and she told me what her diet was. And I, we talked about eliminating sugar. And this was kind of a, a real eye-opener for me. But we talked about eliminating sugar, not forever, but just until she reached her goals. And I've never seen a grown person act the way she acted. Just the thought of eliminating sugar, it never dawned on me how addictive it was for people. I mean, it was literally like watching, like, me telling an addict that you can't have heroin anymore. I mean, it was, I mean, that's, that's how strong her attachment was to sugar. Um, so if that is your attachment to sugar and it does affect some people that way, then I would say you should absolutely eliminate it and never touch it again. Um, if you're somebody who can, you know, safely moderate and, you know, enjoy yourself when, when the, when the opportunity arises, but shut it down, um, after that, then yeah, moderation is, will take you a very long way and, and it won't, it won't be detrimental to your diet or your you know, lifestyle. It'll, it's a healthy balance. It's, I love how you, you go about it with the balance and the sugar component. Like if anyone's ever done like a sugar detox, right? And I've, I've done a couple in my life where like, oh, I was going to go cold turkey on. Yeah. It's there's, there's like a transition, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this. Um, here's where I know it. I've noticed it now. Yesterday. I was out, uh, I had a client visit out of town. So I stood the night in the hotel and I went out and grabbed my coffee. Then I was rushing. So I just ordered my coffee without any like special things. And so my coffee came with sugar, cream, didn't ask any questions. I, I don't, I don't drink cream or sugar in my coffee at home, but I was in a rush. I drank my coffee. It literally, I was messed up the whole morning. Like it just, from the moment it consumed me, focus was off. Stomach wasn't feeling good. Called my wife. I'm like, dude, this is like, what in the hell? I got so used to having my system at home, controlling the amount of sugar I would put in my body and different things of that capacity. So 
hearing you say that is 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 makes me want feel good like i'm doing things in the right track not always perfect catapulting missions family and so i'm not gonna sit here and pretend <laughs> that i am uh, is there other foods that are common that is robbing us or having the same impact or like i i, I call like the like the hidden devils like they're in plain sight they're like oh I'm going to do this because it's easier. I'm going to consume this because it's on the go. And I'm speaking to, I'm asking you this, like me as the sales professional and even as a small business owner, when I'm on the go, 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 like I always, now I'm like, what's easy isn't good for me, Mm -hmm. but what's easy is easy. Like what are some of these common things that we go for or that are, you would say, Hey, avoid this because this is really impacting you in a way we can't like, you're not completely understanding. Yeah. It's kind of a loaded question, but um, it's, in short, granola bars, like, yeah. you know, they, you know, um, these big giant corporations are very, very smart. They're not stupid yeah. and they know how to outsmart us. And if you don't know how to read a label, it's super easy to get tricked. And, um, one of the major, major, um, things to look for in any food is fructose. Fructose is, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, I call it child abuse. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, but fructose is like one of those scary things you really want to stay away from. It's only processed in the liver. So it's extremely, extremely bad. What, what fructose is in what does everything like do, juice? Do my um, Doritos have fructose? No. Okay. But juice, juice um, has fructose. yeah, juice does. Um, even if it says it's a hun- all natural, juice. all natural. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Gatorade, you, I shouldn't say Gatorade. I don't think. I don't, you know, I don't even know. I don't I haven't seen a Gatorade in many years. I don't know the back of it. Yeah. We don't. I'm not familiar. All right, fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll call them some of these sports drinks. This is, uh, we, I would be careful. Yeah, yeah. I would be careful. And and the reason I wouldn't even drink a sports drink is because of the dye that's in it. Just mm. from my experience with my okay. son had ADHD. But um, yeah, so it hides in granola bars, yogurt parfaits. Um, sometimes it can hide in bread. Mm-hmm. Um, it can. It hides everywhere. And um, when you see kids that develop like childhood diabetes and that kind of stuff a lot of that has to do with fructose that's hidden in these kids are snacks healthy fruit juice 100 fruit juice mm. fruit snacks um that kind of stuff it, it it it's in everything so you have to be very careful uh what you decide to eat yourself and what you give your children so now i want to ask this question on that same note because i this one i love podcasting because i get uninterrupted access to my guests to ask mm-hmm. bills questions fruit snacks that are high fructose I understand the concept. They're bad. Try to limit them. Try to try to eliminate them completely from the household. One of my daughters, Isabella, she does competitive Taekwondo. You know Isabella. Isabella will take a whole roster, like the whole carton of blueberries and devour the whole thing. I don't know if it's good or bad. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, in her argument, she's like, well, it's, it's none of the stuff you said I couldn't eat. And I'm like, I get that. Like, is there outside of like the overconsumption, but some of these natural sugars that we're eating, do they have that same impact of some of these processed or high fructose sugars is kind of where I'm going with this. No, not so much. Uh, Berries in general are just very low in sugar. So she can, she can, she can turn into a blueberry if she wants. She'll listen to this and and, and run with it. Uh, Hey, blueberries are expensive. So uh, maybe you should plant your own blueberry. I might um, but yeah, no, uh, you, like I said, because they can be processed for energy. So as long as you're active um, and moving, and this goes back to, again, the balance full circle thing, as long as you're moving, you will, you will use those carbs for energy. So carbs are not, are, are actually very good for us. We need them. 
Mm. Um, so the carbohydrates slash sugar, natural sugars that are in fruits, um, are, are totally fine as long as you're burning them. So as long as you're staying active, then it's not a problem. Now, if you're super sedentary and you're not doing anything at all in your complete couch potato, there is no, you're not using any energy. So there's no reason to mm. be eating anything that has carbohydrates in it because you're not using it. So if the extent of your physical activity is, you know, getting out of bed, going to work, sitting in a chair all day, going back home and sitting back in a chair and watching Netflix, then yeah, you could easily um, not do fruit. In fact, you probably shouldn't because you're not, you're not using any energy. Okay. Do you recommend that someone who's, let's say someone's uneducated in the space. We've already talked about the impact of coaching. Right. So we, we know that there's an impact of coaching, but let's, let's just say, is there a shortcut or in a way like how, how do I get my food system correctly? Like I, I don't, I understand the concept of a coach, but some of these big brand companies make some of these packaging at the grocery store look simple, right? Low fat, healthy. I'm like, Oh, this is quick. This is easy. Like, how do I want to, if I want to get healthy, let me, let me retrace my thoughts. If I want to eat healthy food, that I cook at home. How do I get that help? Yeah. So Greg Glassman, the <clears throat> original co-owner of CrossFit had a great, it's, I'll have to look it up, but it's to say it, to quote it the right way, but it's eat. Hold on. Stand by. We will. But if you just shop, um, the, out, the outer aisles of the grocery store, let me just look this up. Just stand by while I yeah, no worries. This. We catapult the community family. We'll let Jen pull up this quote here. But I would say this: if you've not heard the premise of the show today, we need help in every shape, form, or capacity. A business mentor, a health mentor, a a a physical fitness coach mentor, a spiritual mentor. I mean, there's there's benefit to finding someone who does something better than you or who's done it before that you can learn from. You got that quote? I do. All right. um, and he broke it down. It's super simple, um, but it's eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. Keep intake to levels that will support exercise, but not body fat. Mm. And it's the easiest, easiest thing to do. So for somebody who, you know, you just want to start eating right, what meat do you like? And I don't really, in our, in our family, we don't boil it down to like the leanest meats like we'll have ribs yeah. or whatever i don't want to make it super hard on my husband makes dinner um so i don't want to make it hard on him to not make food you know and like i don't want to limit us to just you know, chicken breast yeah and uh you know lean lean meats so um we just eat meat we just whatever it is we'll have meat and then dinner we'll have vegetables whether it be a salad maybe some grilled vegetables but really that's our veg our our dinner and lunch is very similar um Although I might throw some peas in at lunch if I, you know, mm-hmm. like they had Victor's leftovers, um, and then you know, Anna or whatever in the morning, and so yeah, it's it's food. You know, it's not it doesn't come in packages. It's not processed. It's just yeah, good old fashioned. You know, I I don't know. I, I'm almost. I want to say you told me this a long time ago. If it, it has to have come from you because you're you've you've influenced so much in my health journey just over the years even when i ignored you i still heard you <laughs> you said if i can't grow it if it can't if i can't grow it or source it from something like another organism don't eat it yeah. so like doritos there's no doritos tree there's no <laughs> dorito mom that gives birth to a dorito like 
And that sticks with me. Like that's my, that's my simple way of thinking things. Okay. Can I source where this came from? Either plant, dirt, water, like another organism, a mammal, like, and if I can't, then is this something I really should be eating? Yeah. And then another rule of thumb, and this I actually learned when I was a personal trainer is if I do have to pick something out of a package, um, a, it can't be like bread. Like, so the first ingredient can't be wheat or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, um, the other thing is it has to be under five grams of sugar. Mm. So if I am going to buy something in a package, you know, I'm on the, like you said, I'm on the go yeah. traveling. Um, I check the sugars and my 13 year old daughter does, she did a challenge with us years ago. It was the no booze, no bread, no sugar challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we had to get her, get her drinking problem under control. But after that, <laughs> <laughs> the sugar was easy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but she did, she learned how to like check her sugars. So I, I remember vividly we were at neighborhood Walmart and it was Halloween and she wanted those like, but they were like this, like, I guess they're called snowballs. Uh-huh. Is that what they're called? Snowballs. I have no clue. Those little things that they're like little donut things. Like they're like ho-hos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are they called snowballs? No, but oh. I know what you're talking about. Basically. <laughs> I know what you're going. I know. I vi- I can see it in they the store. They were these like puffy little things. Yeah. Like by ho Aren't they called puffs? No, I don't think they're called snow. I'm going to, I'm going to check that too. In a I second. think they're called puffs. <laughs> okay. So she wanted them and she was working out at the time. And I, I said, you can have whatever you want to eat, but just know if you make poor choices, it's going to take away your workout. And she would look at all these things and she would say, is it going to take away my workout? And I was like, well, if it's over five grams of sugar, it will probably take away your workout. It was just a really easy way for me to get her thinking about, you know, her food choices. And she picked up these, what did you call them? Puffs. Puffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she picked up these puffs and um, she looked at the pack and it was like 54 grams of sugar. Oh, and boy. she shrieked. I mean, we, we were in line and she was like eight years old and she's like 54. And she just could not believe yeah. that there were fit and she could only have five. And she, I mean, literally has never, ever, she will not eat a donut. She will not eat a puff or a ho-ho or <laughs> it's too much sugar for her. And she just does not want to take away the progress that she's making in the gym or in whatever sport she's mm-hmm. playing. Because it's not just if you're active, it's, or if you're working out, it's, I mean, your kids are playing sports also. So yeah. it's affecting them too. Yeah. I, I, I think that goes with just the responsibility we have as parents. parents yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we set that precedent. We set that example. Um, yeah, five grams of sugar less. That's a really good, good hack, like good trick just to be on the streets and looking yeah. at packages. Yeah, absolutely. So, it works. All right. A few more questions here before we wrap up. One of the things you shared with me. So when I came back to you after I was told I was pre-diabetic and went home and cried and was so frustrated. I was like, I got to go back. I came back to you and I don't think I told you I was pre-diabetic. At first. I just said I want to get back in shape. But you said something along the lines of, you know, what will kill you is diabetes not a sore back not a not a bum shoulder no nagging injury etc yeah that has stuck with me so solid like i i quote that all the time it's not my line to quote catapulation family it's it's jen's line to quote i don't know if she stole from somebody but she told it to me so that's the source for me there is a there's somebody listening right now that's like ah and i have this I have friends who watch me cross it. I post videos and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You're almost 40. You're going to blow your back out. You're going to hurt yourself. Like you're going to get hurt and cross it. And I'm like, I, I, at this point, I just don't even respond anymore. I'm like, I, I can't, I'm going to get hurt and cross it, but I just saw your breakfast this morning. So I, I, that goes to mind. I'm like, that's going to kill you. Like, ah, 
a sore back. Nah. We need a whole other episode for this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so high level, am I going to get hurt? Like, is this, I mean, is, I mean, I know the answer, but like in less than seven minutes, let's say seven minutes or less, can we demystify this myth that you're going to get hurt in CrossFit? Maybe. All right. Maybe. I mean, we're human. We're not invincible. Okay. Um, but define hurt. I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean, I mean, I know how, how many people have like pulled clothes out of their dryer and like been out of work for three days because their back was jacked up. I've been there. Tons of people. Yeah. Yeah. Happens all the time. So do they not do laundry? You like quit doing laundry because you mm. like reached in the dryer mm-hmm. and pulled your back where it happens. I mean, unfortunately, our bodies are not these perfect vessels of excellence that can just yeah. do whatever they want and nothing bad is ever going to happen. Um, but I will say like, we were just talking about this as coaches the other day. I said, you know, it blows my mind and, and I, I don't want to bash Globo gyms, but I can't, it blows my, like, I cannot imagine having a facility with a bunch of equipment to work out in. And I just open my doors to people and I'm like 30 bucks, come use my stuff. And no one's going to be here to help you or show you anything. Like, I just, I don't understand that. And so, I mean, it, it, it blows my mind that people like give CrossFit a bad rap and there's literally people that are trained to keep you safe and healthy. Like, obviously we have, like, we've talked about how I've been in business. We haven't been in business for 10 years because we hurt that. That, that would be a really crappy business model, I'd yeah. say. Um, so you have this room full of people that are skilled in working around injuries. We're not doctors, so we're not approaching the injuries. Mm-hmm. And we, most people that come to us have already been. Mm-hmm. And most people that come to us are, are come to us because they're like you. They're either sick or they're hurt or they're headed in that direction. Yeah. And we guide them and show them how to, A, either avoid the injury, B, work around it. Or C, just get their health back. So can you get hurt doing CrossFit? Yes. Can you get hurt doing laundry? Yup. Can your kid get hurt playing football? Sure. You don't stop putting your kids in sports because they might get hurt. I mean, just the, there's no rationale behind mm-hmm. you could get hurt doing CrossFit. Or you're like, where's this gear? Where's that idea? I, mean, I don't even know where that comes from mm-hmm. because I've, I'm 42. I've been doing CrossFit since I was 29. Have I been hurt before doing CrossFit? Yes. Have I been hurt before doing laundry? Yep. The other day, I think I told you I was standing at the car dealership. Mm. I was standing and randomly my knee started hurting. And then I got in the car and I jammed my finger on the steering wheel. Can I get hurt doing literally nothing at all? Yep. Is there a guarantee that if I sit in a chair for the rest of my life and stare at everybody else doing CrossFit and say that they're going to get hurt? Is there a guarantee that I'm probably going to get sick or hurt doing nothing? You're probably guaranteed to get hurt doing nothing. Just sitting in a chair when I went from coaching on the floor Mm. to sitting behind a desk. I started having back problems, not because I was coaching on the floor, not because I was doing deadlifts, but because I started sitting in a chair and I started having, and I would go into the chiropractor. He's like, what did you change? And I'm like, I'm sitting in a chair now. And he's like, well, you're going to have to move more. I mean, so it's just, it's just an asinine, um, ignorant, I would say statement and idea for people to, to think like that because it just makes no sense. And there, I don't really think there's a basis and then you'll hear people, I had a friend that got hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I love your I love your passion behind it. I I, I kind of knew that I don't want to say it was loaded question. Knew but I, was, I, was, I knew you were passionate about it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But here here's why here's why I asked that. Because you, you you highlight a, a big thing, right? You can get hurt doing anything. The global gyms, I'm not gonna mention the, the social media pages, but there's numerous social media pages you can go on that oh just show gosh. global gym failures yeah. over and over. And you're sitting here like, okay, someone paid to be there. Not only did that, that person pay to be there, 
There's 28 employees around this gym that are all watching this person do that. And I have found that my experience, I would say this, my experience in the CrossFit community, going to other gyms when I was traveling or doing things, it's fairly good. I found good gyms. I found bad gyms. All right. I've, and I won't mention names. But within your gym, there's always a coach there that is trained. Like, it's not just like. 1,000. It's not someone like, oh, I, I'm, I'm kind of physically fit or, or I used to be a collegiate. Like, no, they are trained, a skilled expert in what they're doing to be able to evaluate, demonstrate, and, and coach. And not only coach, here's the big kicker, everything's scalable. So that is, makes me feel comfortable where I'm like, okay, this, I, I can't do this movement just yet. But there's a scaled version to do it. That's not going to cause. That's not going to hurt me. But it's going to push me to grow. Um, and that's that. That is a true compliment to what you have at Immersion Fitness and 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 and, and the growth there. Just because everyone's an expert. Like and they it's, really it's, are, and and they go through a lot of training. We have monthly meetings. They go through so much to even get to to even have. It's a privilege to be a coach. It's mm-hmm. an honor to be a coach, and and we take that very seriously. And so yeah, there's there is definitely a system in place. Um, to mitigate risk, to mitigate injury, to work around injury. I mean, there's there's a thousand things that that you know to the naked eye you would never see or know happens, or especially within the training process and the way the class is structured, but it is definitely structured in a way that mitigates risk. And I, I don't know if you can tell um, on the on the athlete mm. end, but even when we divide a class into three, there is a process because we can't watch twenty people, we can't watch. 50. You can watch five. Mm-hmm. So we divide, we divide, we divide to make sure that we are giving everybody our individual attention. And, and there's a couple things. One is we are not an equipment business, which that is typically what a global gym is, right? They're, mm. they're an equipment business. We're a coaching business, and that's what we do is coach. And so our coaches are taught to coach extremely well. Um, and coaching isn't just giving people a great workout. It's giving them an optimal workout for where they're at. And that could be you know, performance-based, you know, this person needs to you know, be a very high physical performer because they're a student athlete or whatever, or it could be this person broke their back two years ago, and we need to make sure that we slowly and methodically strengthen their back and don't put them in a situation where they're going to end up, you know, even more. So there's definitely a lot that goes on behind the scenes and a lot of communication that happens to make sure that, you know, we're keeping people safe and we're meeting them where they're at. I love it. I love it. And you know, now that you say it, that does make sense. The the, the dividing groups in two, dividing groups in three. And it it makes you feel safe to know you have a visible eye. Uh, Catapult Commissions family, if you're part of my listeners that are in Bakersfield, I highly recommend you go check out Immersion CrossFit. I took my daughter, who's 13 years old. My wife has participated. Like We have made it a point where you go into the gym and I feel safe. Like Even if I wasn't there with my daughter, I know my daughter would be safe. And that's, that's a testament to the coaches and the people that you have there. So I love that. Um, and, and if you're listening to this episode, you're like, man, you know, this is a great sales podcast. And, and you talked about, uh, you know, how to get the most out of my body to support my business. I will end with this phrase. We said a little while ago, the words Jen told me, you will die from diabetes. You're not going to die from a bad back. And since I've started working out with you, do I walk around sore? Yeah. But I have energy to go throughout the whole day move around with my really, really active kids the whole day. Like my life has changed for the better and my business has grown, which is so cliche that it's a lifestyle, but yeah, you can't, you can't deny what it is when you, you know, start 
again. 100%. So Jen, how does the, how does the catapulting commissions family, how do they get connected with you? How do they learn more about immersion? Like what's all the fun stuff for somebody who wants to kind of yeah. come into your world? Um, the best place is emergingcrossfit.com. Okay. Um, we have a chat widget on there. If they have questions, mm. we super responsive um, general manager, Emily, she's phenomenal. Um, you can get on there and ask questions. You can do a drop in. Um, if you've done CrossFit before, if you've never done CrossFit, jump on the chat widgets, make an appointment. Mm. Um, one of our coaches will meet with you. Uh, you can follow us on social media. I believe on Instagram, it's ImmersionCF, mm. also on Facebook. We're super active on social media. Um, and then, yeah, those are the, the two main ways to get in touch with us. It's pretty simple. Awesome. Well, Catapult Commission's family, you will find a link to the website you will find a link to the social media links for immersion crossfit in the show notes below do me a favor catapult commissions family go ahead and smash that like button be sure to subscribe let us know your thoughts what value did you find in today's episode and is there a correlation between your physical fitness your dietary fitness i guess your, your diet and your overall sales performance i'd love to hear that feedback jen thanks for joining the show we wish you no- and I'm glad you're here. It was my honor. I wish you abundant success in the future. Catapult Commissions family, you know what to do. I love you guys, and I will see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions Podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.